Welcome back to a freshly squeezed episode of the Flowscape Podcast. I am Sawyer Stinchfield, and with me today is a very special guest from Hendersonville, Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky Hockey ACHA alumni, three-year IHL veteran, captain of the Batyam Dolphins, or as they are known around the league this year as the stacked Russian gas attack. Welcome to the podcast, Cam Beef Angus. The stacked Russian team, that's actually really funny. Um, I think by the end of the season, I might be uh, bilingual. Yeah, let's just let's just talk about that. Let's shoot the shit about the uh, about the Russian thing. Um, literally, you guys are known around the league as the stacked Russian gas attack. Uh, you have half of our Russians that we had from last year. I to this day, you also have our coach from last year. I to this day, I literally thought we were showing up this year with with a, a completely different team than than Holon has. Um, and then I land in, in this fucking country and find out that half our team has been traded to Batyam as well as our coach. I don't know how we traded a coach, but um, that's that's what we did. Um, f- fuck you, number one, for that. Um, number two, how has it been playing with those with those Russian guys? Well, the coach was easy. We threw in uh, three extra falafel balls for that one to make that happen. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I mean... Like, yes, being friends with everyone, it's kind of tough. Like, you know, some people are upset with the roster, but again, my team is stacked and I benefit from it. So it's like, it's hard to be mad. Like I'm having a great time. Um, Some other people aren't, but I'm having fun and that's all that matters to me. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting. They play a completely different style than, you know, what I grew up playing in the States or what I play in beer league for that matter. If you hold the puck for two seconds, you're going to get screamed out in Russian. Uh, you don't know what they're saying, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely aggressive. So it's been different, but I mean, it's it's been so much fun. Like they're so easy to play with. Yeah, I think uh, if I if for at least Kirill and and Igor uh, last year, if I had a dollar for every time I heard Suka, um, I I would be a very 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 rich man in a lot of countries. Um, but yeah, well, you, I just can say you're welcome. Um, I think it's different because, you know, obviously Batyam was not good last year. You guys missed out on the playoffs even. Um, and Holon obviously, you know, went to the bronze medal game and we won. And this year's just been a little different. Um, you guys have been on an absolute tear and have a very, very stacked team. Um, and, and we've been struggling. Um, so it's just a different vibe um, that I'm not used to. And I don't like it. And I don't like you for it. Um, I don't know who to blame yet. Um, but I will find them, um, and we might have a little Nancy Kerrigan situation on on our hands um, because I don't like I don't like this I don't like this one bit. Um, but yeah, the Russians are you know obviously especially if you play on the ice with them, they are very easy to play with. Um, basically, give them the puck, go to an open area, uh, receive puck, and either shoot or give puck back, and you will get points. Um, that's that's pretty much uh, what it comes down to with those guys. And if you go on elite prospects, you have been reaping the benefits of that as, as you're in the top, uh, top probably 15 of scoring in the, in the league, I think with 16 points. Um, fuck you again. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is basically just what this, what this interview uh, comes down to. But now that we're a little warmed up, let me ask a question here. Um, so I want to go back to your first year in the league three years ago. How did you find out about the IHL? 
Um, who got in contact with you? Who did you contact? Um, how did you come across this kind of small niche up and coming league? Um, and how hard or easy was it for you to get out here during that time? Because if we look back during that time, that was the pretty much peak of COVID um, when there were a lot, a lot of travel restrictions. So explain to me how that all came to fruition. Um, and then there, I do have a specific question of a story I want to ask you about a little later, uh, but just explain to everyone how you first got into this league. Uh, so it started, my sister actually sent me this sign up link and she just put it out there. She's like, you should really do this. Like, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be a good time. Um, I'm very like shy to do new things. So I didn't necessarily like, oh, this is awesome. Like a hockey league in Israel. I can get the, the wheels back going. Let's do it. It was more of a, I don't know if this is what I really want to do, but I'll, I'll fill it out. I'll see what happens. So I was super on the fence, uh, kind of like timid filling it out and then uh, filled it out. And then a couple of days later, I got a random call from a weird number, but I answered it. Uh, I thought it was a telemarketer, but it turned out it was Tall, the league commissioner. And he just kind of gave me the rundown on what exactly the goal of this league is to do and what the rundown was. And um, I thought it was awesome. So being a Jewish hockey player from a place where there aren't a lot of Jewish hockey players, I thought, you know, what a cool chance it might be to go play with a ton of Jewish hockey players um, in a land where a majority of the people are Jewish. So uh, he kind of sold me on it a little bit more. And then as time passed, I started definitely siding with the idea of coming out here. And then I came out here during COVID and um, that's a story, but we'll, we'll save that story because it can go a couple different ways. I, I, I have a, a question. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about the same story that my question is. Um, my question is this. So a little birdie told me that you flew all the way here, had the wrong paperwork to get into the country during COVID, and they immediately sent you on a plane. Like you didn't even get to get out of the airport. They immediately just sent you back on a plane all the way back home. Um, you're shaking your head right now. Explain to everybody what happened with that um, without searing anybody. Uh, what, what happened? Uh, what paperwork did you, did you not have? Um, and is that story actually true? Okay. Um, so I can either tell the short version or I can tell the long version of the story. It is true. Yes, it is true. Um, but there are some details that are pretty funny that I can get into or I can leave them out. Um, but we'll get into it and I'll do my best to stay on the, stay on track here. Um, so I was unvaccinated uh, going into the season. So I figured, okay, I got to go out, you know, two weeks early, quarantine, do all the unvaccinated stuff. Um, so told uh, the league about when my flight was and they're like, okay, like, you know, we're working on the final part of the paperwork. You'll be good to go. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's the night before my flight and I get an email Um of a piece of paper that's signed and it's like, okay, here you go. Here's your paperwork. You're good. I was like, awesome. So wake up in the morning, um, get to the airport, show them all my stuff, my COVID test, my passport, um, et cetera. And then I get on the plane, I'm going down the runway and I get a call and I'm texted back and said, Hey, like I'm on a plane. I can't take this call right now. Like I'll call you whenever I land in Jersey. So land in Jersey, um, 
called the league back and like, hey, um, there's a chance that you might not be able to get into the country. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, I just landed in Jersey. If only you could have said that, you know, about three hours ago before I was on the plane. Um, but we'll see what happens. So uh, it was about a four-hour layover. So get to the counter, show them my COVID test, my boarding pass. And then they asked for my permit to be in the country. And so I show them this piece of paper that was emailed to me and it was signed off. It was everything that I thought I needed. And she's like, Ooh, this doesn't look right. And I was like, Oh, um, well, that's not good. And she's like, okay, well, we'll call Israel and we'll see like if they have any record that this league is happening and that hockey players are supposed to be coming into the country for competition. I said, okay, cool. So an hour goes by an hour and a half goes by. Uh, by this time, I'm the last person in the waiting area to get onto the plane. And I'm not usually one to like be an anxious person, but I'm like, oh my God, dude, I'm going to be the last one on the plane. Like everyone's going to be sitting there and they're just going to be like, oh, this motherfucker. Like we had to wait an extra, you know, however long for this guy to get on the plane. So um, we didn't really hear an answer. And then it ended with the pilots calling us asking if I was getting on the plane. I'm like, you know what? Just send them like, just go. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, so they had my stuff off the plane and uh, United was super helpful. They said that they would put me in a hotel for the night and, you know, I was taken care of and we try again tomorrow. So this was Friday. So if you know anything about Israel, nothing happens Friday night to Saturday night. So they're like, yeah, we'll put you in a hotel. We'll try again tomorrow. In the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, like, yeah, that's great. But nothing's going to happen because nothing's open in Israel. So they set me up all was well. Um, I was in like sweatshorts, slides, and a hoodie and ended up linking up with Janello, another kid from the league. Hadn't met him yet, but I knew that he was in the area. So rode the subway for the first time in New York and went and met up with him. Uh, super scary experience, but that's what I get for being a sheltered kid. So hung out with him that day. It was great. And then the next day rolls around. Like I said, I knew I wasn't getting out. So I had another day in the hotel. Um, so now it's Sunday. My flight was at 11 o'clock p.m. Checkout of the hotel was at noon. So this is my favorite part of the story. Buckle up. So sitting in the lobby watching. Uh, I've been buckled. <laughs> so I'm watching the College Baseball World Series and I'm just I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm lounging. It's like one in the afternoon. I got 10 hours to kill. And so it's an airport hotel. So there's just flight crews coming in and out all day. So flight crew comes in. And a couple guys come back down to the bar and one of them notices that I'm wearing an EKU hockey shirt. He's like, oh, like hockey, that's cool. And so he comes and sit next to me. So I'm sitting like this way, long ways, and he's sitting this way. So like, we're kind of like looking right at each other diagonally. And so like, it was a cool conversation. Like I'm a friendly guy. I'll talk to anyone. I'll talk to a wall. Um, so we're going back and forth. And then the conversation starts to get a little weird. And so... He was like, hey, you want me to buy you a drink? And I'm like, no, it's cool. I'm fasting. Like, I'm just going to have my water. And he's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then he asked me for another drink. And I'm like, no. And then he asked me for another drink. And I was like, no. And then he was asking if he could buy me dinner. And I'm like, no, dude, like, it's cool. Like, I've told you like 10 times I'm fasting. I'm not like, I'm not into this. And so then he starts asking if I wanted to hook up with him. And I'm like, bro, okay, this is like, this is getting a little like too weird for me. Like the conversation was cool, but I'm not about this life. And he was like, well, why not? Like, have you ever tried it? And I'm like, dude, you're killing me right now. So 
I should have gotten up, but I didn't. I don't know why, but for some reason I didn't. So basically the conversation ends with him saying, you know, there's two types of gays. And I was like, oh my God, where is this going? And he goes, there's people like me. And then he goes, there's people like Glenn. And so he yells for Glenn to come over and Glenn walks up. And so this guy's like, yeah, I just ordered dinner. Like I got whatever, whatever. What are you doing for dinner? And Glenn goes, well, you know, COVID just really got the better of me, but I'm back on my female hormone pills. I'm feeling a lot better. Um, So I'm probably just going to do a salad though. And so then Glenn comes up next to me. He puts his arm around me and he goes, what do you think about blondes? And he shows me a picture on his phone and it's him in a wig, a dress and makeup and a blonde wig. And I'm like, oh, dude, no, like I'm actually more. In- what fucking airport is this? And then I said, uh, I'm actually like more into brunette. So, you know, I like, tried to change it up on him. This dude swipes to the next picture and it's him in a different wig. <laughs> Got my shit. I'm like, you know what? I think my plane's about to take off. It was like two in the afternoon. My flight was until 11. I went and hung out at the airport for nine hours just to get out of there. But get to the airport um show them all the same paperwork and they let me on the plane fly all the way to israel get to the man in the box show him all my stuff and he goes yeah you're not coming in and i was like what do you mean i'm not coming in the man in the box by the way is when you when you land i don't know how it is in other countries when you land in israel you get your stuff you get off the plane you got to scan your passport and get this little like white identification card. That's pretty much your entry into the country. You need it to uh, exchange money. You need it for a lot of different things. Um, and once you get to the man in the box, you give him your passport. You give him this little white identification card. He either wants to grill you or he doesn't want to grill you. He can grill you for as long as he wants. If he wants to be a dick or she wants to be a dick, they can they can ask you 30 minutes or an hour worth of questions. And you basically just have to sit there and take it. No spit, no lube, sandpaper finish, and answer every single one of them. Um, and if they don't like your answers, they'll grill you even fucking more. Um, and if they get caught on a good day, then they may just ask you a couple questions and and whatever, and then and then you're on your way. Um, so it could go either which way with the, with the man or or woman uh, in the box. But yeah, so I get to them, and he's like, "You're not coming in." I was like, "Okay, well, I'm here. What do I do?" And so he like points over to the little room on the right. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So go into the room and it's like a man and a woman in there and they're on the computer. They ask for my passport and they're like looking at each other. They're looking at me and then they start talking back and forth in Hebrew. And if you're like being in a foreign country, like one thing, being in a foreign country alone. okay. being in a foreign country in the room to the right when border people are talking about you and you can't understand them. Like, that's a new fear unlocked. Um, so I'm trying to like communicate with them back and forth. Um, they're not really getting it. I'm not really getting it. So I call Tall and I'm like, here, talk to him. And it's on speakerphone. And I didn't know at the time that an Israeli thing to do is just talk louder than the other person. You might not be arguing, but you just have to talk louder than the other person. So they are screaming back and forth on the phone. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm never getting in. This guy's going to ruin it. Like, they're just yelling, 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 yelling. And then she smiles and hangs up. And I'm like, she's smiling. Okay, that's a good sign. And she's like, okay, I'm sorry. You're not coming in. I was like, oh, you'll be on the next flight out of here at 11.50 p.m. It was like noon. So they took my passport and they said, you have to stay in the airport until then. Have fun. 
And then, yeah, and then they flew me back middle seat economy for 12 hours the other way. I'm six foot five, by the way. It was tough. Uh, and and the same thing happened to Jake, he said. Um, so, oh, my God, that I, that I would have a fucking panic. I would have had a panic attack. I would have had an absolute fucking panic attack. Um, and I probably might have been arrested because I would have flipped out on a lot of people. Um, or maybe I wouldn't have just because I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know just because I would have been in a foreign country, but that I would have been very close to losing my mind in that situation. So you get all the way back home and, um, what was the remedy to the situation to get you back over here to play? Because I would imagined, um, like, uh, Jake told me, um, you know, he was like, Hey, I, uh, I can't you know, I can't come all the way back now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. So how, how, how was the solution fixed to get you back over to Israel? I think really just believing in what it is that, you know, we're trying to put together here with the program and building the hockey. And also, I mean, for some of us, you know, this is the only time of the year where we get to like, you know, actually put some, balls to the wall and get at it so i mean i was excited to come over and play and like have a chance to you know play at a higher level again because i mean beer league it, it fills the void but it doesn't do a lot so um just believing in the project of what this league is and then also i wanted to go back to israel and so i mean i kind of just hung with it and it ended up being a good choice i had a blast and i'm still having a blast so i mean it all worked out in the end very true. Very true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't technically, um, well, maybe, well, yeah, we don't know how the second summer would have been. Um, but you know, maybe if you didn't get back on the plane, if Jake didn't get back on the plane, you guys don't even come the second summer. Um, and there's no Ben Yehuda boys. Um, and then who knows, who knows where we, where we all are with the bet without the Ben Yehuda boys, because to be honest with you, um, I mean, I could be a, a crackhead without the Ben Yehuda boys. Who knows where I'd be without the Ben Yehuda boys. Um, they have really shaped my life in, in, in such a positive way um, it's, that it's, a, it's unbelievable. Um, so you played, uh, you're an ACHA, American Collegiate Hockey Association alumni, um, where a lot of good hockey players play and have come from. You played at Eastern Kentucky. Give me a little bit of background on, on how you ended up there um, and what was your decision-making process on, on picking there. Um, obviously, it's pretty close to home. Um, but other than that, um, uh, talk to me through that process of, of landing and playing for Eastern Kentucky. I'm a storyteller. Um, so I never really had aspirations to play in college. Um, like I kind of alluded to earlier that I'm very timid of like new things. So it was okay. Yeah, I can go to, you know, Tennessee, Chattanooga with everyone that I've been to school with before and. An old friend of mine told me about a pimp from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, so could have done that and just gone to school with everyone and just stuck with the norm. Um, and then we were playing a travel hockey tournament one weekend in like Northern Ohio. And the coach of Eastern Kentucky came to watch us and told us about the campus. And so we actually ended up stopping along the way on the way home. Uh, so it was cool. He gave me like an entire tour of the school. He introduced me to the head of the program that I was interested in. Uh, he was also a professor in that program too. So double whammy. Uh, but 
senior night came around and I didn't have anywhere for college. And so they asked where I wanted to go. And I said, give me a coin. And I flipped a quarter and it landed on head. So I picked EKU and uh, a very interesting ride it turned into. So going into it, we were told that the team was not great. Uh, he inherited the coach inherited this program like three years ago and was still kind of trimming the fat of the old roster and, you know, the old values of the club. So he took six of us from the junior predators and four ended up dropping or not four, two ended up dropping the play junior preds and then another two dropped by senior year. But uh, freshman year, we won like one game and then fast forward to senior year, we went to a conference championship. So very, very cool ride. Very fun. I got to serve as the general manager for a year. I served as the president for a year. So I learned a lot about the kind of behind the scenes stuff. And I was a sports management major, which, you know, really went hand in hand. Uh, they didn't let it count as my internship, which was kind of lame, but I uh, got to intern with another company out of it, which was even cooler. But uh, the ride at EKU was a ton of fun. I love it. I love it. Um, I love how a lot of us came from from the ACHA background. Um, so I want to get into this because it's a pretty cool thing that you got to do. Um, I am a very big roller hockey player. You're very big into roller. Um, I started off playing roller. I didn't actually get into ice until what some would consider to be a, a later age. You know, my my first travel ice season wasn't until, you know, I was like nine or ten. Um, so it, I was technically a, a, not a late bloomer in ice, but, you know, living in the South, um, it was something that really didn't spark until I was that age anyways. Um, so I, I started off playing roller, um, and I continued to play roller for a really, really long time until I, I basically started playing triple a ice and, and that took precedent over a lot of different things in my life. But you, uh, have, have recently, um, you know, uh, been doing a lot of refing. And for those uh, of you who have never heard of the Wish Cup, uh, it is held in Tennessee, um, about 10 minutes from Cam's house. Um, I want Cam to explain a little bit more about uh, what the Wish Cup is and what he knows about it. Um, I know you don't like work for them or work with them or anything like that, but you did get to ref the Wish Cup um, and also play in it uh, this past um, uh, tournament. Um, and, um, I have some more questions about it, but explain to everybody how you got, uh, a, uh, were able to ref, uh, a lot of games in that tournament. Um, we'll talk about the all-star game, um, how you got hooked up with that tournament, what the wish cup is, what you know about it at least, um, and, um, your experience in it. So the wish cup is, it's a huge passion project uh, by a friend of mine named Colby Collier. So um, I think it's like the M media on Instagram. I think that's his tag. Um, I might've butchered that one, but uh, so his son uh, was a wish kid and got to have a day with the Nashville predators. And so I think for a wish to be granted, it's like $10,000. It's a like huge dollar amount. And so, um, from that experience birthed this hockey tournament. So it's an ice and inline event. So last year I was already in Israel whenever they were doing it. So this past summer was the first time that I got to be a part of it. And I mean, it's 
it's the best hockey event ever. Like, I mean, obviously on the rink, like tempers are going to rise, but like everyone was there for obviously the greater good. Like it's a charity event. We want to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's what they donate a lot of the proceeds to. Um, but knowing him and, you know, there's not a lot of refs in the world right now. So just knowing him, my connection with that and being an inline ref that lives 10 minutes away from the rink was a pretty easy hookup. Um, and it was just an absolute blast. I got to play in it too. So I refed and then I played a little bit of club action. Uh, we got bounced in the semis, I think. So unfortunate, but great tournament. It was so much fun. So, so speaking of the tournament, um, you got to ref the all-star game. Um, and the all-star game in this tournament is a very, very cool experience. Um, there are a lot of content creators that play in it. There are a lot of, uh, quote unquote personalities that play in it. There are a lot of professional roller hockey, um, slash ice hockey players that, that play in this all-star game. There's a little bit of mix. Um, so, um, give everybody a little bit of insight on the all-star game. How much fun was that? Um, and then tell everybody who, uh, who you got to meet. Um, who is your favorite person to talk to of all the people that you got to meet refing that all-star game? Um, and just your overall experience refing uh, such a cool game like the Wish Cup All-Star game with all those personalities that are out there blading around. It was the most fun event I have done. So, I mean, our little roller community, but it was, I think, like a thousand people just surrounded by one rink. And then they're climbing up on the rafters of the rink to like see. So there are people everywhere. It was packed. Um, but as far as who is there, it was like Pavel Barber, the on the bench guys, um, Vinny, the sauce kit guy, the butt ends guy. Um, and then some ex pros like Lubis Barteco. He coaches out in Nashville, but he was on the St. Louis blues. Uh, Marty Erat came out, Preds legend. Um, and then Ali Lacombe was out there. She's a skills coach. She just got done working with the Vancouver Canucks for one of their camps. Uh, Shavo was out there. DiMartino was out there. Tyler Kraft was out there. Um, and the list goes on. Like, so many people, so many personalities. And, you know, everyone was, like I said, out there for the common good of the event. So uh, Asher, uh, that's the kid that the tournament was for, got in some plays. He had, like, 10 goals. Um, lit it up and then one of the other goalies for Nasher was there too um, but one of the other goalies was a wish kid as well he was like 14 years old and these kids are like teeing him up and just coming in and ripping like Swaggy P was doing all the moves on him and everything he blocked a few of them uh, but it was it was just such a fun event it was such a cool event I think everyone was smiling the entire game yeah, leave it to Swaggy to light up a 14-year-old with a bunch of Michigan moves. Um, that's definitely, definitely something that he he would keep in his repertoire. Um, no, that's that's absolutely incredible. Um, I I think it was um a little bit too hard for me to play um there this summer. Um, but it is something that I want to if the time lines up for us next summer, um, that I want to be a part of and at least play for a team um in one of the higher divisions. So if anybody out there needs a platinum player um i mean i'll play gold um if everybody needs a player your boy stinchy is ready to go um i got a couple teams lined up but uh, i'm a free agent as of right now so uh you guys you guys let me know 
Um, but no, it's definitely something that I, I would, I want to be a part of next summer if I can. Um, I love it. Um, and I'd love to have, have the, the, uh, Colby on, um, and, and, and get, get him on and, and get his perspective on it. Um, and just get this, the full background and story of, of, you know, how this all came to be to what it is today. Um, that I think that would be really cool. So shout out to the, to the wish cup. Um, we will hopefully, uh, get, get somebody on and, and be able to expand this, the story a little bit more. Um, but that is the full escape podcast. Uh, Cam, I think that's, that's all we got for you. Um, you want to say hi to anybody back home, mom? Uh, do you want to give mom a shout out? Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Uh, no, that is the full escape podcast. Uh, that is Cam beef Angus captain of the bot yam dolphins or like we have said earlier the russian gas super attack supreme team of the league um they're hot right now they get a first round buy i fucking hate you um and yeah so um i hate cam that's that's the gist of this podcast no i love cam i can't thank him enough for coming on um that is the flow skate podcast like subscribe everywhere you see um hopefully everyone loved that interview We will catch you next time. Cam, say goodbye to everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. As Cam likes to say, that's the Flowscape Podcast. (laughs) 